welcome to Chit Chat Money. On this show, hosts Ryan Henderson and Brett Schaefer interview industry experts and riff on the world of investing. As a quick reminder, Chit Chat Money is a CCM Media Group podcast. Ryan and Brett are also general partners at Arch Capital, and Arch Capital may have positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Anything discussed on Chit Chat Money by Ryan or Brett or any other podcast guests is not formal advice or recommendation. Now, please enjoy this episode. Welcome in. This is the Thursday Deep Dive episode with Ian Gray. Um, Ian, how are you doing? I think Acuity Ads, a company we talked about for 25 stocks at Christmas, had a nice update today. So I think you're probably pretty happy, if I'm correct. Yep. Yep. Happy with it in the short term, but focused on the long term. So we'll see if they can continue to execute from here. All right. And we're talking Pinterest today. Ryan, uh, you want to introduce the company? Oh, wait, no. no I totally forgot. We talked about this. Right before we uh, started recording, we have to do the seven investing sales pitch. I think I did it last time. So your turn. Yeah. Just use code CCM. You get $10 off at checkout. Typically it's $17 a month. This is for seveninvesting.com. And not to mention, I think I am the best seller between Brett and I. So help Mm -hmm. me keep those numbers up. That's Um, really easy to track. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Just feel free to hop on over there and use code CCM. It helps us out. So uh, without further ado, we're going to talk Pinterest. Uh, I think most people know what it is. Um, if you're old and a male, you might not. I guess that's the or demographic young and a male kind of left out. Yeah. Um, but it's a social discovery app that helps people, otherwise known as pinners, as they call them, uh, find inspiration. So the way it works, you set up an account like any social media app, and then you use the search bar as really a sort of discovery tool. Um, and then you can also post pins and pins are basically just pictures of specific topics. Um, and then you can create boards, which is like a file folder, but for these pictures essentially. Um, so let's say you're planning a wedding, you'd create a wedding board. You'd look up wedding dresses, save some pins on there, wedding locations, save some pins on there, uh, wedding decorations, save some pins all to that board. And then you, that's sort of your file folder for your wedding, whatever that's, where you found all that inspiration. So naturally, I'm sure if you're listening, you can imagine why this is a good value prop for advertisers because people are going there looking for something. Yeah, and um, they're looking, those pins are for other people to visit too, right? Or am I getting that wrong? Where they can visit it and get inspiration from other people's boards? Yeah, so yeah, the pins, yeah. I mean, you, you can, that yeah, I think you might be able to keep your boards private, but uh, the pins themselves are like basically pictures, um, I think. And then the boards, those are more like your file folders, but you can publicize those. So like, oh, that's a visited board or like someone okay. has a really good board for whatever topic. Yeah, am I, mean, am I missing anything there? No, I think you're, you're capturing that pretty well. Okay. And then, uh, yeah. And then, so as I said earlier, advertisers naturally, uh, you know, people are going there to shop uh, in some cases or they're going there for inspiration or it's like, they are cap Pinterest is capturing the thing that you don't know how to look up, um, which I know is kind of a weird way to describe it, but yeah, it's the whole thing they're trying to inspire you for whatever project you're kind of going on, or maybe vacation or something. So like new, like, uh, new room ideas, like they can put a, they can put a picture to your search, uh, search query or whatever it is. Um, but uh, I'll move on. They have 459 million monthly active users. Roughly 70% of them are women. Um, the history about the company was founded in 2010 by Ben Silberman, Evan Sharp, and Paul Ciara. 
uh, Silverman attended Yale University. I think Silverman's still a CEO. Uh, and he worked at Google immediately after his family was a bunch of doctors. So I don't know what that tells you, but um, that's maybe that huge. It a buy. That is huge. Uh, but anyway, they, uh, in 2008, he left Google, encouraged by his girlfriend. So good sign. Um, and he started Cold Brew Lab. So shout out to that girlfriend because she made him very rich. Yeah, yeah. Um, and originally, Cold Brew Labs came out with uh, a different app. I think it was called Tote. Um, and it was basically Pinterest, but it was designed, designed just for fashion and shopping, uh, which still kind of sounds like a good idea. But it might have just been too early because that kind of fizzled out. Um, and then they came up with a second app and brought on Evan Sharp, who was at Facebook at the time, I believe he did a majority of the coding. Um, and that was Pinterest. And his girlfriend came up with the name. Once again, feels like this girlfriend was very influential in the company's founding. Um, and it was an invite only platform at the start, which I always hate. Uh, Clubhouse did that. I never got an invite, but that's besides the point. Um, and then they've had success since, obviously, and they IPO'd in 2019. I think they were a little slow to start. Within the first four months, I was reading Rehar Jark pitched Pinterest in our 25 stocks at Christmas. Yeah, he has a good write-up on them. He said that within like the first four months, they only had 200 users. So whatever happened between now and then, they did something right, and they got a lot of users because uh, now they're sitting uh, above Spotify in users. So. Yeah, and above Twitter and possibly Snapchat, although I really don't keep up with the social networks, so I'm not exactly sure. But I'll hit industry and competition. Pretty simple one here, social networks. We all know them. Large industry, very well known. Digital advertising market is at over $300 billion globally, led by Facebook and Google. Um, expected to hit about $500 billion by 2024. Competitors include Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Tastermade, and House are some smaller companies that are a lot more similar to Pinterest that I looked up. And I think they were for certain niches, but those aren't really meaningful yet. Potential acquisitions for uh, Pinterest, maybe. Um, but I, I didn't really, it's kind of hard to decide who their true competitors are. So I got a question. Well, what do you guys think? Uh, maybe start with Ian. Who, who is their biggest competitor? When I was first thinking about this question, I was kind of focused on Facebook and Instagram, just from the social commerce aspect that I think we'll get into and people buying directly from pictures. Um, I think that's going to be a big thing. Uh, but I also think there's some some parallels with some competition with Google just because of, um, and I'm going to get more into this later too, but just how how Pinterest really serves is a little bit of a search, a search bar, an alternative to Google in the search bar. So uh, I'd say one of those two, probably Facebook or Google in my mind. Okay, Ryan. Yeah, that this is uh, you know we coin Instagram as sort of the virtual mall or the digital mall. Yeah, this true. is less of a mall and more like you're going directly to a store. Like you, you the downtown shop. You go to Pinterest with more intent than other social media platforms, and so I guess that probably in that regard, I, I think it competes uh, most with Google. What about uh, what about Etsy? That's as well, uh, but less. I think they. Yeah, yeah, you, can say, you can make the case. I think you could make that case. How they've been functioning now, right? It, it, it's Etsy's more of a compliment, right? Oh, that okay. you that you'll have you'll sell stuff on Etsy, and you use Pinterest to to market your stuff on Etsy, whether it's through paid advertisements or it's just through pictures of stuff you're putting up and and sharing. So, uh, current, you know, as the market stands right now. 
that's they're they're more more of a partnership, like you said. And 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 uh, Shopify has had those types of stores have a similar relationship with Pinterest, I think. But it will be interesting to see if Pinterest starts to get more into direct commerce, in which case those would be competitors for sure. I feel okay. like, yeah, I feel like Etsy or Pinterest sort of serves as a customer acquisition tool for a lot of Etsy sellers. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the numbers for sure, but uh, Ian? yeah, I would just say that is definitely, tr- definitely true. I've looked at starting some stuff, whether on Etsy or Shopify be- before okay. and all of the, all of the advice you get is okay. Set up your store. And then the first thing you do is you set up your Pinterest. Like even before you set up your, Facebook account, maybe even before you set up a website, if you're selling on Etsy, it's important to set up your Pinterest is what they all say. And just that the conversion rate on the Pinterest stuff is just so high that it's, um, that if you can pair Etsy with Pinterest or Shopify store with Pinterest, that that's really the way to go. Interesting. Interesting. All right, Ian, what do you want to talk management and ownership? Yep. I'll dive right into it. So as Ryan was mentioning, Ben Silverman is the CEO and co-founder. Um, I find him to be an interesting guy to listen to. He's done a decent amount of interviews. He's kind of connected with the Y Combinator community. Uh, one quote he had in, a, in an article that I read that I thought was interesting and kind of shows his vision for Pinterest is he said, quote, what you collect says so much about who you are, unquote. And so I think he has that view for Pinterest as more of this on the social side, that if you're making these boards with all these pins on it, it just says a lot about you and is a visual expression of this hobby of yours or um, even just your style or things like that. He owns a little over 6% of the common shares outstanding. So um, about $3 billion. So definitely heavily invested in this company. And this is is the source of his wealth. So he's, he's aligned with shareholders for sure. Uh, some very big stock grants in 2019 from the IPO, about $45 million in stock grants for both him and um, his co-founder. But these aren't quite as big as Snapchat's grants. I think those were historically large at about $150 um, million, if I'm remembering right, for Evan Spiegel. So uh, a little bit less than that, not quite as um, egregious in, in some as some people might put it. Um, additionally, they don't have voting control of the company. He has about 25% of the voting power. And I think, uh, in total, the, uh, insiders have like 27 or 28% of voting powder power. So, um, a big, a big block of that, but not uh, total control of the company. Uh, in terms of some outside investors, they used to have, when they first IPO, they used to have a lot of, um, some heavy VC investment, but most of those positions look to have been liquidated over the last couple of years, or at least brought down a little bit. Um, so now their biggest shareholder is Vanguard actually, which owns 7%. And I'll make one more small note is, uh, the infamous Melvin capital owned about 1.5% back in December. And that was according to the last 13 F. So there was some speculation. I think Pinterest took a big hit right in the whole GameStop debacle. And there is some speculation that Melvin capital was having to, uh, liquidate their Pinterest position. So who knows exactly what happened there, but, uh, just thought it was a little bit of an interesting piece of history. Now that is, that is quite interesting. Uh, always love when Melvin capital gets back into the mix. I think they're going to be a mainstay of the markets or jokes about the markets for, uh, for years to come. Uh, but I'll hit valuation, hit that quick market cap from when the time I looked it up is about 52.3 billion right around there. Usually is what they trade at currently. Um, they're not super volatile. They're not going up and down 10% of a day, but you will see, um, some major price swings with this thing. Uh, ticker is P-I-N-S. Price to sales is about 26.6 from what I looked up. Price to gross profit, about 36.4. And then they're unprofitable, although I think Ryan will get into it, how they hit 
operating cash flow positive if you're including stock comp. And then uh, one thing I noted that Ryan and I were discussing this, uh, debating about the uh, if this was a crazy number or not before the show, they have 77 million stock options exercisable versus 2,500 full-time employees, 2,545 full-time employees. $77 million. $77 million. Dollars? Stock, shares. Okay. Shares. shares. So that equates to, and at the current market cap, about $6 billion worth at the current stock price. And if I can just just throw out this because I was doing some some research on that number too, and just don't want anybody to feel like we're giving them the wrong number here. That includes both stock options and restricted and, stock units. Yeah, correct. And so just for people who are looking, I think it's like twenty three million in, in true stock options, um, but restricted stock units, which you sh- should also be looking at, make up that seventy seven million dollar or seventy seven million share number. Yeah, there, yeah, that's the two. Yeah, the two numbers there. Is there? Or do you have a guess on how far out until these best? Oh, they're exercisable. So they're, oh, they they're exercisable. Ex- uh, and correct. I could be getting that wrong. Ian, you want to? Yeah, I did look into this a little deeper and the restricted stock units, they're on an interesting schedule and it doesn't, they didn't, um, at least the ones for the executives vest um, over four years, basically until 2024. And so uh, it, so it's, it's not a super long, uh, horizon, but also not super short. Like there's, there's a little bit of time for vesting to materialize, but I would yeah. expect that, that the vast majority of those 77 million are probably going to be, um, vesting just because we're, we're moving in that direction. Like if the stock's going up, people are going to want to stick around with the company. Um, it's likely that those, the restricted stock units piece of that will vest would be my expectation. Yeah. It's not like it'll hit right away, but within the next five years, the, the dilution will hit Ryan, do you want to hit earnings then? Yeah, they had $1.7 billion in 2020 revenue. That was up 48% year over year, although fourth quarter revenue was growing yeah. at nearly 80% year over year. So they, I mean, if you remember back, uh, I think Ian and I actually looked at this right after COVID had kind of hit. They reported their, I think it was first quarter earnings at the time. And they, uh, everyone was worried that advertising budgets were going to go out the window. Um, and they did take a little bit of a hit, but I don't think it was anything it was probably like 20% revenue growth. And I, if I'm remembering that right, obviously a lot uh, smaller than 80% revenue growth, but it sort of balanced out to about 48% for the year. Um, they had 459 million monthly active users. That was up 37% year over year. The 84% of those users are from the US, uh, but international, which makes up 16%, is growing uh, triple digits. So it's growing much faster. And then average revenue per user grew 29% in the fourth quarter. Net loss for the year was $128 million, uh, but in Q4, Pinterest had 30% net margins. I think they were kind of flexing that profitability if, uh, yeah. if you know, and this isn't necessarily, I don't think this is a seasonal business, but it's kind of demonstrating, yes, we had some tough times during COVID, but uh, this is a very profitable business model where well, we want it to be. I think it's a tad seasonal just because it has a shopping relation. You know, holiday season yeah. might get a bump. Yeah, I probably should have looked at that, but the uh, they were operating cash flow positive for the year. There was SBC, I think SBC made up 12% of revenue in the fourth quarter. But uh, if you look back a year, stock-based compensation was, I yeah. think, 1.4 billion, which was like 100% or more of revenue. And now with the stock up, that's like, that's where all those options kind of came. A lot of that was also tied to that IPO. So yeah. uh, it, it looks like it's come down a lot. 
Um, and I remember talking about this, I think like right after the IPO, like, you know, how do we gauge these stock options um, and how much of this is going to stay? Well, most of it did not stay, most of the SBC. Um, and so now uh, we're looking at about 12% of revenue, at least in the fourth quarter. Um, That's still pretty that? high. Yeah. But the thing yeah. with the IPO is um, you have to realize back. all the options that were given to the employees or whoever, uh, say their history was like eight years. You realize all those at the IPO. So it's like kind of like a one-time hit. Um even though they weren't just giving it out that last year. I, I believe that that is correct. I've read that before where you have to do the kind of like, if it's, you have a huge history, yet you realize all those um, when you go public. Ian, is that correct? Or I know that's not really something we all know too much. Or Yeah, I haven't looked into it specifically with Pinterest, um, but I think I think that's basically correct. Okay. All right. about uh, balance sheet, Ian? So as far as the balance sheet, this was actually one of the cleanest balance sheets I've looked at in a while. Uh, $1.8 billion in cash and short-term investments. The only debt is uh, some leases, um, which is about $150 million. And so it comes out to about $1.6 billion in net cash, uh, only $6.9 million in goodwill. So not really any <laughs> goodwill to speak of. There's no weird things. This, is an, this business has no inventory. So it just looks like a great balance sheet to me. And it's really going to be, they've got the foundation there. It's really going to be about whether they can um, operate well and execute and just to make one more comment on the SBC, I think that's something um, Jason Moser talks a lot about relative to Twitter from a few years back. Is right. he would always talk about how their SBC was just so crazy, and that Jack Dorsey really came when he came back. He said, "We're gonna we're gonna take this back and not have it be so outrageous." And I think that there's you know we'll see if Pinterest kind of does that on its own over the next year, but it'll be. That would be the one thing that I'd like to see them bring down a little bit um, and just get a little bit of a stronger foundation because it's not fun to be a shareholder when you're being diluted that much every single year. Yeah, and you got to look at revenue growth. You know, it's not like it's a bad investment if there's high stock comp, but I think if there is, you got to look at revenue growth per share or whatever gross profit growth per share um, instead of definitely, definitely. Yeah, and it can be it can be easy to overlook. Yes, you say like yes. Well, that's fine. You know, that ties them into the company that makes them more incentivized, but that, I think that is an expense. In. That is like a very actual, it's a very real expense. So I would at least add back the majority of that in your cash flow analysis. If you're looking at that, just be conservative. Yeah. Or uh, just assume, I don't know, 5% dilution for the next few years. Something like, I don't know. Something it might, like, it might be more than yeah, but however you want to do it, you have to factor it in because when it's yeah. as big as big as it is, it will change the way your model is. And I think just to give, you know, a little bit of a side note, I, you know, I've been looking and people know this, but I've been looking at Mohawk quite a bit over the last couple of years or the last couple of months. And depending on what their dilution is going forward, it changes the stock price by, you know, my, my target price by 30 to 50%, right? It's, it's a uh, dilution can have a major effect and the type of dilution that Pinterest is looking at is nowhere near that level, but it still has a pretty, pretty sizable impact. So definitely take it into account when you're building any sort of model or back in the napkin math, looking at what you think Pinterest is worth. Yeah. The, the, uh, the balance sheet though, it's the, I mean, no complaints, so simple that you're like, all right, I mean, there's only like 10 line items. Lots of, lots of cash, no debt. Okay. Let's, let's keep going. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Don't they have like a huge, they were going to build some massive headquarters right before the pandemic. I thought I read something. I was like the opposite of Dropbox where they just didn't sign the lease. I thought so. And that might be where that lease liabilities come from. Um, But I might be off on that. I, I, I thought they pulled it back 
because yeah. they just thought everyone was going virtual. Either way, if it's operating, and maybe get out of their sublicit or something. I don't know. So yeah. it looks like just to give a quick note on that, it looks like they paid um, just about ninety million dollars to turn and back in August to terminate a San Francisco office lease. So um, probably a good choice. Probably, you know, especially yeah. given that we haven't really gotten back, especially in the San Francisco area, to any sort of normalcy in the last, you know, what is it, eight months since then. Yeah, and that's definitely not as bad as Dropbox, who did like a $300 million write-off and had, a, I think, a billion-dollar signing lease. So they went all in right before COVID. Really unfortunate. Pinterest, I don't think, is in that type of situation. But let's not uh, ramble on on that. We're going to get the ad break, and then we're going to get to the second half discussion with Pinterest. Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi includes advanced security to help protect all your connected devices. You'll get real-time alerts. Oh, like this one, so you don't have to worry about malware. Or when your kid downloads a song from a shady link. And now all your computer can play is... Red color, red color, where are you? <sighs> all blocked, thanks to advanced security, included with Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi. Advanced security must be enabled in the Panoramic Wi-Fi app. Restrictions apply. Okay, welcome back. Next up is competitive advantages. We'll kick things over to Ian first. What do you have for us? So I'm going to keep this short just because I think all three of our competitive advantages are actually fairly similar because it's the it's the key to Pinterest. But they're, in my view, they're a different type of social network. They're search-focused, and which leads to a better tie-in with e-commerce. And so it just gives them an advantage over... Um, over some of their competitors. And I think what Ryan's going to get into is really, he was talking about, we were talking about it at the Motley Fool and um, the, the line that he always gave, and I'm just going to say it because I don't want him not to say it, is uh, <laughs> um, with Pinterest, people go to Pinterest looking for ads, right? Which is different than any sort of other um, social media company. So with that, I'll, I'll give it over to Ryan. Yeah, it is. It's a mutually beneficial platform. Uh, one of the stats I found, 47% of pinners use the app with the intent of shopping. Um, I would say most social media platforms, actually, uh, I think it was based on Sprout Social was the one that gave these stats. It's like four or five times higher than any other platform. So it's uh, that in and of itself, I guess, is an advantage versus the other social medias. But then social media as a whole, has there are a lot of benefits to the business model and uh, i mean network effects is the main one brett do you want to just touch on it because i know that's your uh, i mean we all know about that now and there's the lock i mean that can hurt yourself if you lose momentum and you start losing users that can have a, you, you have a negative spiral effect there but i mean you know yeah. the more users the more benefit it is for all the existing users classic thing we all know that with the, the example of facebook so yeah not only does it enhance the platform but in the i mean the function that Pinterest is trying to serve is that inspiration factor. So for each added user, that adds that much more of an optimal search and that much more likelihood that their inspiration or whatever they're searching for will be found because they those users bring in all those pins. And so then it kind of feeds back on itself in a really big way. I know other platforms have that as well, but it's not just like one more friend to add to your network it makes the platform that much better. Yeah, and I think the search is better. So I I have less confidence in like Instagram or Facebooks and and all those other ones long-term uh, stability, or not stability, not stability, uh, durability. 
where people may, you know, we've seen it with different cohorts, demographics, you know, different countries hopping in and out. You know, there's, we saw that stat the other day of U.S. teens, um, Instagram, she was either their favorite choice or usage was down 7% um, year over year or from six months ago. But I think with search, it's important with Pinterest and that can get a better lock-in, um, which is similar to why Amazon and Google have been so dominant where I just think that's a better uh, competitive advantage, like the search aspect. I don't know. Like, I just think it kind of comes back to like Google's mode or Amazon's mode is better than Facebook's, I think. I don't know. Do you guys think that has any merit or is it just kind of spitballing? Yeah, I just it doesn't feel like social media to me as much. It feels much more yeah. in the realm of discovery, yep. a lot like Google. Um, and so obviously the more content you get on there, the more attractive it is for the next user. Um, with that said, I mean, that doesn't mean it's in a land of its own. Like it does compete with Google and yeah. there are other offerings that do probably something similar, but obviously yeah, uh, social platforms like this, once they reach a certain threshold, that, that, fee- that positive feedback loop is great for them because they have to spend less on customers and the customers in and of themselves attract more customers. And so they've kind of reached that level where I, I could see a very real scenario of them hitting a billion users. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Ian, any thoughts on that before we have future growth ops? Yeah, just a quick one before I jump into my future growth. Um, I, Pinterest seems to be interesting to me. And one of the reasons I kind of am interested in the company is they they have this unique blend of being search first, I think kind of like you were talking about, Ryan, but having enough of a social piece there that it keeps people tied in and it makes it fun and not just um, I'm going to search and I'm going to leave. That there's actually like a a method to building your board and building your um, like and and sharing it with like some of your friends and family about this is what I'm you know planning for my wedding or this is the types of meals I'm eating now that I'm on this new diet or right. you know blah 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 right. whatever. So, there were some friends I was working on with a. Um, I've got a lot of friends, you know, I've lived yeah, in Hollywood yeah. now, basically. So <laughs> I've got all these movie friends who do all this type of stuff. And, and um, they were working on a movie project and had a, a Pinterest board for that, that they'd share with people um, when they were bringing them on board to say, this is kind of the style of the movie or things like that. So um, I think there's some, there are enough social, I just like it because it's like um, search first, like they probably want to put it like this, but in my view, it's search first and then it's social to keep you there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's kind of, I think that's more, that's a better articulation of the argument. And it's, very, it's, it serves something that Google doesn't where it's like, it's visualizing what you can't describe. Like if you're trying to share ideas and it doesn't, you know, do it justice to do it sort of verbally, like you're saying where it's like that movie or like the wedding, like this is what I want my wedding to look like. You can really put a picture on it. Um, and Pinterest kind of allows you to do that. There's not a lot of companies I know of that are, are enabling users to do that same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it lets yeah, people uh, go ahead. And- I think because we're I think because we're visual people, um, it lets us speak languages that we wouldn't normally be able to speak. And so when everybody can see the pictures in front of them or can say. Like my mom was like remodeling her house um, and doing some work on it. And she was able to build like some Pinterest board stuff, even though she wouldn't really consider herself a designer. But she's like, I like the look of this and I like the look of this. And what style is that for exactly? And what, you know, does that pull on? I don't know. But it, it lets people 
like we, it's funny, this is just a random thought I had and sorry to ramble on, but we've had all this talk about low code and getting, letting people like code their own apps. And that's because it's, it's hard to learn that language. And I think there's a lot of stuff in life that it's hard to learn the language, but Pinterest is making it easier because instead of having to learn the whole language, you just have to know what you like or know the pictures that go together, right? You can, you can take these visual expressions of whatever field you're interested in and put it together in a board instead of having to, to know all the, the verbiage and the terminology and all that type of stuff. But right. anyways, um, right, as far as future growth opportunities, yeah, as far as future growth opportunities, uh, there's been some news uh, in the last week that Pinterest may be interested in acquiring Visco, um, which is that, kind that of an interesting... way too cool for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I am definitely not a Visco girl, but um, I'm not sure that I love this particular acquisition. I think there's some interesting things where it kind of plays to some of the same markets, but it got me thinking that what are two of the best acquisitions of all time when we bring them up? YouTube, Instagram, right? And that those were done by what we've just talked about is probably two of Pinterest's biggest competitors. And right. that I would say really vaulted them into the upper echelon of companies in the United States was Google acquiring YouTube and Facebook acquiring Instagram. And so, especially with the strength of uh, Pinterest balance sheet, I'd be interested to see if they can make some sort of strategic acquisition that really leapfrogs it into that elite status and takes it out of... Um, like, you know, it's a $50 billion company, so it's already a big company, but takes it out of kind of this, these questions about how big can Pinterest get? And if they can really acquire something that's additive, um, it could be, it could be a really interesting opportunity for them. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of opportunity to uh, just, there's a lot of avenues they can go. I, for, it's just not something I personally like use. So it's really hard for me to visualize, I guess, I, a little ironic there, but uh, a little hard for me to visualize what they're going to do or what the right move would be. But it seems like with their the platform, quote unquote, there's just a lot of different ways they can go about it, like yeah. add, 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 adding, on, adding on stuff. And I know it sounds like we're probably rambling on about all these different ways or different sort of uh, all the optionality that Pinterest has, but that's really what the business is right now. I mean, it's yeah. aggregating well, all this demand and... Now it's finding what's the right way to monetize this, sort of how can we build off that? Um, yeah, they have low ARP, but Ryan, let's get, yeah, we don't want to go on forever. What's, what's your future growth? Though? International user growth. I know right now it's about 16% uh, of the current users right now. I have been blanking on the exact number, but I think they can obviously get to where domestic is, like where, how many users they have in the US eventually, uh, if not larger uh, from the international base just purely based on the amount of users that are out there. Um, and so I guess I would say like, you've got the balance sheet to do it. Why not just keep your foot on the accelerator, spend on M and, uh, not M and a sales and marketing just to get uh, as many users as you, as you can internationally. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of the position you're in. Go after it, try to get a billion users. I think that's the way you go. Uh, if you're going to get to a billion users, you have to be huge internationally. Oh, 100%, 100%. I'll hit mine. Um, I got e-commerce. I took the easy one. We talked about this before. They're already moving on this. Um, it makes sense for them versus a lot of other platforms. It's probably like if you were going to rank what, what what social networks it makes the most sense on, you'd probably rank Pinterest one and then Instagram two, and then there would be the rest. Um, 
but you can, you can really see them growing this quickly. They want to get as many businesses as possible on Pinterest. It's still early days, so we'll see what kind of happens if it's individuals like Etsy or if it's more businesses. Um, and it does seem like Instagram and Pinterest are kind of closing the Venn diagram where they're all, all their use cases are overlapping. Um, whether, you know, the style of a feed versus the pins is a little different. Um, and I wrote here, what of a Shopify partnership makes sense or a Wix and a Weebly or whatever. I think they already have a Shopify one. I wrote that down and I, I yeah. looked it up. So they already have that. And it seems like every company in the world has a partnership with Shopify to get their stock to pop 10%. But yeah, uh, any thoughts on that guys? And we'll hit highlights and lowlights. Uh, yeah, that that's just the right way. Uh, anyone that's selling on Shopify or Etsy, you're basically going here to market yourself. Um, yeah. Sometimes I see these Shopify partnerships and I think <laughs> everyone, they, everyone's partner. I don't think they mean anything. No. Like it doesn't change the business. It's just like we're partnered with them. It's yeah, like, huge. All right. Weren't you kind of already like synonymous with them? Like it no, was some, uh, uh, and like you weren't battling against each other. No, partnerships. Uh, I used to get hyped up about partnerships. But I learned that it's usually more noise than news. Um, it sounds great when all these partnerships go through and they're like, ooh, Facebook partnered with Spotify. Oh, my God. It doesn't it's mean like, anything. Just temper your expectations of that stuff. But it is definitely the right thing to do. And it's, if they, it would be a, red, you know, a little bit of a yellow flag if they didn't have this partnership. But Ian, anything on that? Um, and then we can highlight some more lights. No, I'll go ahead and dive right into the highlights and lowlights. So as we've mentioned, the balance sheet looks great. Um, compared to Snapchat, which is kind of, at least recently, was valued fairly similarly. Now, Snapchat's almost twice, valued twice as high as Pinterest. Yeah. Um, I think this has higher quality management, an easier path to sustained high revenue growth. What did we say? How many active users do they have? Over 400 million. Closing um, in on 500 million. Yeah, yeah, closing in on 500 million monthly active users. Snapchat, and it's daily active users, so it's a little different, but Snapchat quotes uh, 265 million daily active users. Um, at like double the valuation of Pinterest almost. And so this just looks like a much better value to me um, when comparing, you know, doing a head to head comparison. I'd also say uh, a lot of room for international revenue, almost 80% of their monthly active users are international and it's only accounting for 20% of Q4 revenue. So, um, you know, low international ARPU, if they can drive that up, it's going to be huge for this business. Um, yeah. As far as a low light, this could probably be considered a potentially a highlight or a low light, but um, they have three parties that they're interested in instead of the traditional two parties for most of uh, social media. So they have uh, creators who are actually creating the content and making the pins, the people who are making the boards, people like you and I who might make a board for, our, for you know, a movie project or whatever. And then they also have the advertisers. And so they've got three constituencies that they have to keep happy um, versus just like the tradi traditional Facebook where they're having to keep users and advertisers happy. Now, Twitter might be somewhere in the middle where we'd say, especially as Twitter says, um, starts talking about like super followers and stuff like that, where you have people who are really out there pumping content on Twitter and you have people who are really just absorbing content on Twitter. And then you've also got the advertisers. But um, as far as Pinterest goes, they have really, at least in my mind, three distinct parties. So um, yeah, that's my low light. Okay. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Highlights. Um, that sort of positive feedback loop we talked about. Uh, there's a lot of benefits to social platforms. I think management is good. I like Ben Silverman. Uh, growth has been really solid. I just, my low light is I have this like 
First of all, I'd like to see them break out MAUs from DAUs because Pinterest does seem like a platform to me yeah, where it's not something fleeting. I'm on daily. Yeah. It's not something I'm on based on events. Um, and so their DAU number might be close to Snapchats. Um, or a lot lower. And I just wonder, I wonder what ARPU can really be. I, I, just, I just don't, I don't understand the world where there's like 10 different social media platforms that are all worth hundreds of billions and all garnering consumers time. I don't get how consumers are spending all that time on different places. It doesn't seem like there's that much room. It feels, and it, social commerce especially is yeah. super competitive. competitive yeah. Like what, what happens when the next Pinterest comes along and steals users from well, Pinterest? That's just, that's just why I worry about this industry. I just have, and why I, it's just, I worry about investing in social media companies in general. It's just, I have less confidence in the durability. Well, it's yeah, just what's It's just entry? hard. Yeah. I mean, VC dollars. Yes. Gotta, yeah. I mean, well, and 500, 500 million monthly active users at this point. Yeah. Like yeah. I know we, we, we like to downplay network, network effects and I think they're overused, but there is some barrier to entry there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There is Getting that, to yeah. that level. Yeah. That's definitely tough to do. I just don't, I don't, it's so hard for me to pin something down. I just don't understand how it's super useful. Well, it's, maybe it's me. Yeah. I said this like when it was a much smaller company, I said the exact same thing and yeah. I've been wrong. Um, the use case doesn't make sense to me. I guess that's a little late. The, uh, yeah, it's just hard. Uh, no, hard sorry. The, the value the value for yeah. advertisers isn't as compelling as it might seem. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, just because there's less, I don't think there's as much attention paid to Pinterest as some of these other social platforms. Okay. Okay. I think that, that does make, yeah. I think Maybe the efficacy is higher. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, you could be right there. I just, I worry about, and this is, this is one of my main moments. I struggle I to find like, all right, where's the value going to accrue here for like social commerce? Uh, is it all going to go to Shopify? Is it going to, you know, is Pinterest going to have the ability and Instagram to cut off? their shopping platforms is etsy the model to go is amazon i don't know or are they all going to win i just have those are questions that i just don't have any confidence in answering and when you're at this type of valuation it's kind of it's a question you gotta you gotta answer with confidence you know you know yeah more more or less interested Ian. go ahead wait wait, i got mine oh sorry yeah uh okay the only thing on the highlights that i think you guys didn't have was uh, i like how they're creating a win-win scenario uh, for their users where their users are not being, and this might be something that's, you know, overhyped in, yeah, in the media and stuff like that. But compared to like Facebook or Twitter, it seems like people are exploiting you for your anger and emotions and stuff like that. Pinterest, it's, it's more of a something where people go on there and they're happy and they leave and they're happy. I, I think that's yeah. a more. Your data is kind of a tool, not a weapon. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, low lights, I guess the stock comp, we mentioned it. Don't want to harp on it forever, but I just really think it's tough here. Uh, just as an example. So at the current stock price, if all those best, that's $6 billion. How many years of cash flow will it take currently to hit that? Just, just those options because they're at 1.6 billion in revenue. Okay. Let's say optimistically they can generate, they just keep up this phenomenal growth and they can start generating 30% free cash flow margins. And they can hit two billion in annual free cash flow. Then maybe you're good here. But 
I mean, just to it's fulfill those money. stock options, that's uh, just do a DCF on the stock options here. That that's, I don't know that that's just what I like the business a lot. And it's just the stock options anger me because it's probably going to keep me away. I don't know. It just, it just, I, I hate that to just be the, the line in the sand. All right. Uh, yeah. More or less interested in. This is a company that for me, every time I look at it, I get more interested in it. Um, it's, I think as we were talking about, like the intent of users to shop is so high that it just provides a different type of value for advertisers. And I think that value will continue to grow. Um, and it looks like it's at a fairly, you know, at least somewhat reasonable valuation here. I'd love to hear what you guys think about the valuation as well, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem insane to me, especially compared to something like a Snapchat. But if, yes, uh, it's not crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I want to use, I want to use Snapchat as a perfect comp, but because there seems a little egregious, but no, uh, agreed, agreed. It, if the growth that they have right now is sustainable or if they can sustain, you know, 30% revenue growth for the next five years or something like that, then you're going, you're going, it's not crazy, but yeah. it just feels like every social platform right now, everyone's just, other than Facebook, people are just painting like the rosiest possible future. Like, yes. like they're all going to capture a billion users and they're all going to capture the user's daily time. Like yeah, it's going to get competed away somehow, some way. We're going to bend the laws of physics. We're going to get 48 hour days. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's just a concern that it's hyper competitive. A lot of dollars going after this, but if you're confident that they can grow at 30% rates um, or a 30% rate or 20% even for the next five years, like you said, Ryan, then things will work out, but you have to be confident in that. And you also have to be confident in that they can have strong margins as well, because at a price to sales of 26, um, but Margin, people all, obviously matter. Yes. Yeah. So like, I think a lot of people look at these networks or anything like this and say, all right, they're going to have Facebook like margins. They're going to deserve a price to sales in the 10 to 15 range. Maybe, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Um, I, I follow Pinterest. I say I'm more interested, but, Again, this, uh, adding the high valuation in the stock comp, um, it just feels like so many headwinds and it's not a fat pitch, but I mean, I don't There's know. No, it's yeah. just so many things to like and then so many things that keep me away. I don't know. It's weird, it's weird because if, if things just keep going the way it is, yeah. it's going to seem like the dumbest miss I've ever had because yes. we visited this company probably three or four times and said the exact same thing every time. Yeah. It's one of those things where I keep saying, I miss the boat. I know. And I, the boat sails a little further. But I think you just got to be, yeah. Yeah. You got to be comfortable missing the boat sometimes. I don't know. The law of large numbers also does eventually start to play in here. Uh, 50 billion isn't huge, but, yeah. uh, you know, it, trees don't go to the sky. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Ian, any final thoughts on... Nope. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. As always, make sure to use our code CCM at checkout to get $10 off your first month at 7investing. Remember, we are not financial advisors. Anything we say on this show is not formal advice or recommendation. We are, Ryan and I, are oh. general partners at Arch Capital. Clients hold with Arch on. Capital may hold securities discussed. Got to get that done in this, on this podcast. Stock for Ryan. next week. Stock for next week. Yes. Uh, I was thinking of a lot here. Had a lot of choices, but I will... Fine. I will be doing Poshmark or Poshmark. Ryan, we still do don't know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find out how to say that first. Uh, we're going to be doing Posh, Posh or Poshmark. We'll find out the proper spelling. Another two. 
or other proper saying. Yeah, so that's a fun one. Stocks totally come down like 60%. Uh, so could be fun. Post-IPO, uh, kind of looking at it. But yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.